Take a deep breath and remember there's a power breathing you. This is your space of sanity in an evolving world where we learn about spiritual law and how to apply it to our lives in a way that is practical and life-changing. This is where we remember truth to make the world a better place one person at a time. I'm Claire Lotier, inspirational speaker, teacher of the technology of transformation, and a certified life mastery consultant and spiritual coach. Welcome to the Grace Space. Welcome back to our series, Walk in Grace. We're studying the laws of the universe and how to get into harmony with them. I want to emphasize that this information is the most important information you will ever hear. It's crucial to your health, your wealth, and your happiness. And as I said last week, my highest recommendation to you is that you make a decision that you're going to tune into this series every week and listen to each week's episode every day. There's a reason for that. And I'll address it in greater detail as we go along. But for now, just know that you're going to start to understand why repetition is so important if you truly want to be free to live the life you really want. Wallace Waddle says, The laws or rules which govern every individual are as exact as the laws which govern the material universe. You can act in accordance with these laws or you can disregard them, but you cannot in any way alter them. The law forever operates and holds you to strict accountability, and there is not the slightest allowance made for ignorance. (laughs) You said it, Wallace. We all find out about this the hard way, until we decide we've had enough of suffering and learn to do things the graceful way. That's why we're here in the grace space. Today, we're going to be exploring the law of supply, and this is absolutely fascinating. The essence of the law of supply is that there is infinite supply. There is infinite supply, and therefore, there's no such thing as scarcity or limitation except in the consciousness of human beings. There is infinite supply, and every human being is entitled to a full and ever-increasing supply of any and every good we may need or desire. Because the supply is infinite, there's more than enough for everybody and you deserve as much of it as you can ask for. As you can ask for. Pay attention to that. Another essential part of the law of supply is that whenever and wherever there is a demand, the supply will be there. But you have to ask for it. The word ask is also an acronym for familiar maxim. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened unto you. But you have to ask. At the heart of this is actually something very subtle, and it's that most people ask so very little of life. Most people are so locked inside their paradigm of limitation, they don't even think to lift their head and ask for more than what they have. You may wish or hope for something more, but that's not the same thing as asking. You must make a demand of the universe but it can only give you what you believe you deserve. So we have to trace the origin of our results, once again, back to our thinking and belief system. 
Now, I highly suggest you go back and listen to the episode on paradigms that aired a couple weeks ago to deepen your understanding of the hold that your paradigm has on you and the influence that it has over what you believe is possible and how much good you will allow and ask for in your own life. The law of being is perpetual increase. We're part of an ever upward spiral of becoming, and we can recognize the pull of becoming if we let ourselves be aware of our longing and our discontent. These are two sacred signals from spirit, letting us know that there's more for us, and wouldn't we be interested in exploring more of what life has to offer? Many of us were taught, erroneously, to be satisfied with what we have. Many of us were taught that it was selfish or ungodly or greedy to want more than what we had because of a predominant belief in scarcity that has been one of the hallmarks of the human paradigm for the last 2,000 years. We must unhook ourselves from this old belief now because it's not in alignment with the law and it's caused a lot of poverty and suffering. It's caused us at best to live very small lives. You should always be happy and grateful for what you have, but you should never be satisfied. Dissatisfaction isn't a sin. It's a creative state of being. It's the awareness of the spirit of life within you calling for more life. That ever upward pull should be honored. So be happy and be grateful for what you have right now, yes, because your gratitude will cause your good to increase, but never be satisfied. These states are not in contradiction with one another. Dissatisfaction is not a denial of the present. It is the pull of becoming that acknowledges and honors the current results as a reflection of your state of awareness up until now, all the while endeavoring to presence more and more of the infinite side of your nature into your day-to-day experience. Our level of awareness determines the bounds of what we allow for ourselves. I remember being told once by my mother that as a baby, I would never climb out of my crib. I would stand there holding onto the bars and cry until I was removed from it. The thought never occurred to me that I could get out on my own until my little brother was born. He just climbed out of it. And my mother said, as soon as I saw him climb out of his crib, I started doing the same and crawling out of mine. I remember hearing that story for the first time with a combination of fascination and horror. What it showed me was undeniable. It was a metaphor for the difference between my paradigm and my brother's paradigm. It never occurred to me that I could bust out of my prison, whereas my brother just naturally did, because I didn't even know that I was in one. When I think of the image of a crib with the bars and everything, I have to laugh. It's like a prison for a baby. And the profundity of the metaphor in my adult understanding is both disturbing to me and hilarious because the universe is always eloquent and very often humorous in its use of metaphor. Once I saw my brother climb out of his crib, it was a revelation. Hey, I can do that. And it gave me permission. It's okay for him. It's okay for me. And yet it's not as if I had been thinking to myself, I'd really love to climb out of here, but I'm not sure I'm allowed. I truly didn't even see the possibility until I observed him doing it. My brother, whom I adore and admire, is one of the smartest and funniest people I know. I actually believe he's a genius. And we share a love of cat memes. Well, I mean, who doesn't love cats with food in outer space? 
For those of you who have no idea what I'm talking about, there's a link in the show notes. No need to thank me. And while my brother has had his challenges, like anybody, he's always been an example to me of effortless harmony with these laws. Observing his way of being over many years has taught me a great deal about the limitations in my own thinking. In our 20s, when we were both living in New York City, we met for lunch one afternoon at the Patisserie Margot in the Ansonia building on 74th and Broadway. I used to always get the same thing there. (laughs) They had an amazing um, apricot tart. And although I no longer recall the conversation we had, I remember the feeling of it really clearly. Because I noticed something for the first time. It was like I was trapped behind an invisible boundary, simultaneously filled with respect and admiration for my brother's natural self-confidence and his ability to just make his own way in life and having absolutely no idea how to access that within myself at any deep level. I could put on the act and the appearance of confidence and competence, and I did. But underneath that, I was helpless. I felt powerless. Despite my higher education, my honors degrees, my fancy Juilliard pedigree, the natural talents I was born with, and and an essentially good heart, none of that mattered in the absence of understanding myself, in the absence of having any currency with my own authentic creative power, the I am. I was still in my crib holding on to the bars and crying for someone else to come and rescue me. And even though the baby I had been learned to climb out, the idea didn't originate with me. The feeling of being trapped behind an invisible boundary, which went all the way back to my babyhood, was the vibrational essence of my paradigm. It was many years later I heard the crib story for the first time, and I couldn't get the feeling of it out of my mind, because it was the story of so many of my struggles in life and how puny my vision for myself could be, how rigid my thinking could be, how much I needed permission and approval and validation, how much I equated all of that with love, and the extent to which I sought for my identity in other people's eyes. It was the negation of my own authenticity, originality, and creativity. It was the negation of my divine nature. And there's no more painful betrayal than self-betrayal. It made me sad to think of how long I had lived in the limitations of my paradigm. So you see, we can only ask life for that which comes within the scope of our paradigm. That's why delivering ourselves from our limiting beliefs should be the number one priority in life, because the truth is, we are unlimited beings. We have no ceiling. There are no limits other than our self-imposed limits, and we're mostly unaware of them. This is why when I work with my coaching clients, the first thing we do is ask the question, what would I love? What do I really want in life? Because that's the first step in breaking out of the prison of limitation and dissolving the aspects of our paradigm that are not in alignment with the laws of life. That question ignites the soul. Once you start to dream, you're connecting with your soul because dream energy is soul energy. Then the magic starts to happen because you start to ask, 
you start to ask for what you've never asked for before, or maybe what you had connected with long ago, but stopped asking for because your belief wasn't strong enough at the time. You start to ask, seek, and knock on the door of the universe, and you start to fulfill the demand part of the supply and demand equation. What is it that you would love to bring forth when the demand is there, the supply will appear? because it was always there. As soon as you ask the question, the answer already exists. For example, the supply was always there for electricity to be brought into common usage. In other words, the law of electricity was always there by which we could benefit from its use, and the knowledge required to harness that law was always available to human consciousness. But it was not made manifest until the demand was there, until the questions were asked by Tesla, by Edison, how to harness that power and deliver it to the masses. They received the answers on the frequency of their questions. The demand was there, and as soon as the demand was there, the supply was there, because it was always there. And it flowed into our awareness in response to the demand. So we receive once we have the audacity to ask, to demand. It starts with your thinking. The law says, whatsoever you shall ask for, believe that you receive it, and it shall be yours. But what do you believe? you can receive, because you can only receive in accordance with your belief. The difference between our aspiration and our current level of belief is that zone known as the gap. It's the difference between the vibration of what you want and your current vibration. If you desire to meet the love of your life, but your heart is filled with resentment and anger over a past relationship, and your deep belief is that you'll always be disappointed in love, you will attract according to that belief. And you'll say, I really want to meet the partner of my dreams, but I keep going out with schmucks. (laughs) If you believe that you have to work really hard in order to make money, and that there's never enough, you will hold images of lack and scarcity because the universe reads the focus of your attention as your intention, and you will be supplied according to that demand. The law is not at fault if we believe we have to work hard or live lives of struggle and disappointment. We will always be alone if our expectation is that we will always be disappointed by other people. And we will always be poor if we only demand of life a meager amount and see it as a struggle. My spiritual teacher once said to me with great compassion, stop begging in the back alleys of your life. You are a divine spirit. You are provided for. The supply is there at all times. This is a universe of pure abundance, and our very nature is abundance itself. We are God's highest form of creation, endowed with magnificent gifts that allow us to be conscious co-creators with the power that's breathing us. The only limitations are the ones we put on ourselves, and that's what the paradigm is. There's only one real problem in life, and it's ignorance of the law. If you don't become educated about how the invisible becomes visible, about how you as a creator being are creating your results 24-7, then you're going to be frustrated and confused, no matter how many higher education degrees you may have acquired. Think about how many utterly brilliant people with superior knowledge are broke. It's not about how smart you are. It's about your level of consciousness and currency with the law. It's always about awareness. 
You're already taking energy and transmuting it into form as a matter of course. Why? Because we're all doing that. That's called the law of perpetual transmutation. Energy is perpetually moving into form. We can't escape that. We can't help but do it. It's our nature because we're made in the image and likeness of God, the one, the infinite intelligence. If you want a different and better results than the ones you're getting now, make it your business to get intimate with the process by which those results are created. That process is the law. I love this definition of the law. It comes from Wallace Waddles. He says, natural law is the uniform and orderly method of the omnipotent God. You're an extension of the omnipotent God. So it's natural that you should seek to understand the laws of creation by which you yourself are perpetually creating. In order to harmonize with the law of supply, we have to defy the trance of scarcity. Most human beings believe in something called poverty. Some people spend their lives fighting poverty, which is a sure way to increase it. Poverty is a reality, but it isn't truth. There's no law of poverty. All poverty arises from poverty consciousness. Despite the evidence of poverty, the truth is abundance. But if we choose to make agreement with poverty, that's what we believe in, and therefore it's what we experience and create. Thoughts become things. The real spiritual rigor is in disciplining our thinking. Remember the law of thinking? As we think, so our lives become. Taking charge of our thinking is the first step to freedom. The challenge here is to be standing in the apparent absence of something, such as money or health, and still make agreement with plenty. Absence of evidence is not evidence of absence. Just because we can't see it doesn't mean it isn't there. True thinking is thinking at the level of origin, not at the level of results. If you've had issues with money, for example, it's essential that you harmonize your thinking with the law instead of with the results you've created up until now. Remove your agreement with lack and make agreement with the law of supply instead. There is infinite supply. Whatever you need, you are provided for. Your agreement with this is absolutely key here. In order to harmonize with the law of supply, you must agree with it. Make agreement with infinite supply. Believe that you are entitled to all the good you can appropriate and use. And you need only tap into the infinite source of your supply, which is in the non-physical. Most of us have all our attention on the physical, the material, on what we perceive with the five senses, and we think according to that. But all of that is a product of our previous thinking. Start right now to harmonize your thinking with infinite supply, regardless of the current evidence. This is where repetition is your very best friend. Earlier, I told you I was going to show you why you should saturate your consciousness with truth by listening to these lessons on the law every day. I didn't make this stuff up, you guys. This knowledge comes from the source. And the great ones throughout history have all taught these exact same principles to us in their own way. But you need to study them. Just because you've heard it or because you can repeat it, you haven't understood it until your life is demonstrating it. Bob Proctor is one of my mentors, and he's been reading the same copy of Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich since 1963. Literally, it's held together with a rubber band now. Bob is one of the world's foremost experts in the laws of the universe. 
but he still picks up that book every single day. And he still discovers something new each time. He says that when you read something or listen to something over and over again, and then you become aware of something new, you're not perceiving something that wasn't there before. It was always there. You're seeing something in yourself that you hadn't perceived before. It was always there. But what's different is your consciousness has shifted. You have infinite depths. When you fall in love with these laws, with this study, when you discover something new or some new depth or nuance in something you hadn't seen and something that you've seen or heard a hundred times, when you have a sudden flash of insight, that's you. You're discovering and understanding you. That's your depth, your beauty, your wonder, your amazingness. You're falling in love with you. It's so much fun. These laws are God's laws, and you're an extension of God. Just keep listening. Stay open. The treasure is within you. That's why the Bible says, seek the kingdom of God and everything else will be added to you. Learn how the law works and everything in your life falls into place. You fall into place. Would you be willing to release lack? Would you be willing to have a life of ease, to live in a new way and let go of what's been keeping you restrained? Would you be willing to say yes to your infinite? Your mind is like a magnet that draws to itself what is like itself. Raymond Hollywell called it the mind magnet. The magnet draws to itself in proportion to its power of magnitude. Now, we can charge a battery with electrical energy to build up the magnetism. And similarly, we can charge our minds with mental energy that builds up a power of attraction. The more you align your thoughts with the law, the greater your power of attraction. You attract every moment with your thinking, but you often attract what you don't want. This comes from not having a clear understanding of and proficiency with the law. When we think according to appearances of lack, disease, or chaos, which are without a doubt prevalent in our world, we greatly diminish our own magnitude of thought by the worry and the fear that those appearances engender in the undisciplined mind. The inflow of our good becomes muted. A higher domain awareness, in other words, higher consciousness, is always far more powerful than a lower domain awareness, ordinary consciousness. In other words, a positive thought that you resonate with and truly believe in is infinitely more powerful than a negative thought. This is a blessing because we often have thousands of negative thoughts per day. These can be outweighed by cultivating agreement with and trust in truth, in the law, and by consciously directing the stream of your thinking to serve your highest aspirations. But if we don't understand the law, and if our mental force becomes too weakened, we can actually repel our good. In this case, as Raymond Hollywell said, our power of attraction is too weak to meet the demand. So we may consciously desire more and ask for more, but as yet, our mental power of attraction is not strong enough. We must train ourselves through the law of thinking to trust the law of supply. You see, all these laws are interconnected and interrelated. This may seem to go counter to everything you've been taught, especially at first. That's because it does go 
counter to everything you've been taught. But here's how to apply the law of supply. Break your agreement with scarcity and believe in infinite supply. Expect more to follow, not less. Be in expectation of the good. And when faced with current results that normally would stress you out, relax instead of tightening up. Learn to adopt a relaxed and confident attitude when meeting any situation. This state of calm confidence comes from knowing and trusting in the law. And it's a state otherwise known as serenity. It's calmness of mind, trust, and unwavering faith in the goodness of life. My first spiritual name is Sukbir. Suk means serenity, peace, and healing. Bir means courage. So my spiritual name means the one whose soul is imbued with serenity by means of courage. That is an exact description of what my process has been. The gradual attainment of a state of serenity through having the courage to travel to the underworld. My path is the path of grace. Grace dispels shame with the realization that, like the runaway bunny, we can never outrun the love of God. When we walk in grace, trusting in the love of God, we begin to discern the outlines of the uniform and orderly method by which the Omnipotent One creates all things in magnificence and perfection. You don't have to fight the dark. All darkness is dispelled by the light of awareness. That awareness is the understanding of the law, and it's a journey that never ends. I am grateful every day for the amazing teachers and mentors the universe has put in my path and with whom I stay connected at all times. We cannot do this alone, nor are we meant to. In his amazing book, Working with the Law, Raymond Hollywell says, The mind magnet can be stimulated to a strong force of attraction if it is possible to get help from one who has a full understanding of the law and can help the person get a good start. You see, you can charge your mind magnet with constructive thoughts in the form of affirmations and positive thinking, but it takes some time at first. It's like trying to turn a very large ship. Your paradigms have a great deal of momentum, and they've been chugging along for quite some time. It takes a long time after you've started turning the wheel for a very large ship to noticeably move. You might think you're not moving at all. If you lack perseverance and if you lack understanding of the law, you become discouraged before the work is done. You may give up on the ship just as it was starting to change direction. You may abandon the wheel. Self-education is worthwhile. I'm self-educating all the time, but it's only part of the picture. If you keep to that only, it's a slower and more arduous path, and you're more likely to throw in the towel or get distracted if you don't have a structure of support and proper mentorship. I know this from my own experience. Here's a practice to help you sharpen your awareness of the law of supply. What is one area of your life where you have the opportunity to align with abundance, where you may have been aligning with lack? Is it in your love life? Have you been focused on your partner's faults instead of their good qualities? Is it in your finances? Are you constantly worrying about your bank balance and dreading the arrival of your bills? 
Are you in a state of compromised health and do you often complain to others about your aches and pains? Are you focused on disease rather than health and wholeness? Whatever area you think of first, write it down. Lean into that area and become that which you seek. Imagine yourself already living in your ideal relationship, financial independence, or optimal state of health. Feel it as if it has already happened. Now, pose a question to the universe that asks for greater abundance than you thought possible. Ask the big question. For example, what inspired action could I take to serve my highest vision of my relationship, financial state, or optimal health? Listen for the answers, listen for the solutions, and write them down. Don't censor yourself. Just write whatever comes to you. You're going to open up to a flow of answers and solutions, and you'll come to realize that the supply is already there. Becoming fluent in the secret language of spirit really is like learning a new language. As I've been saying, this is all about repetition, immersion, and support. Changing your life is not rocket science. It is achievable by anyone who can follow direction. And if you're really interested in living a life of true freedom, I have an opportunity for you you're going to want to listen to carefully. Would you love to have the chance to join me and a group of like-minded people who are passionate about creating the freedom and the life that they deserve? Well, you can. My next group coaching program begins January 26, 2021, and I would love to have you in it. You're going to learn a reliable, repeatable, scientific formula that makes your success predictable. Once you understand this simple formula and how to apply it to your life, you can expect a few things to happen. First of all, wealth and good luck will begin to flow more easily and abundantly into your life. And you'll notice that the universe provides all your needs and more of your wants. All the areas of your life, your health, relationships, your vocation, time and money, freedom, and your attitude will become ignited with a passion that you've never experienced before. You'll experience a greater feeling of control and predictability over your finances, your circumstances, and your destiny. And you'll learn to start thinking in a way that produces the results you want. Your most predominant worries, the things that keep you up at night, will become a thing of the past. So if you are ready to create the life you really want, to empower yourself, to take charge, get ready for a life-changing experience. Space is limited, so reserve your spot to join me and a group of like-minded people who are passionate about creating true freedom. I know you want to live the life that you were put on this earth to live. Your heart's most cherished dreams can come true. They are exactly what spirit is seeking to express through you. Don't just wish it anymore. Become it. The time is now. And I'm here to help you do just that. And I'm holding the image that you'll join us in January. There's a link in the show notes. Click on that to learn more. Meanwhile, walk in grace. Thank you for joining me in the grace space, where you're always in the right place. If you love this podcast, 
I invite you to subscribe to it and submit a review if you feel called to do so. Also, be sure to sign up for my newsletter right here. I look forward to spending this time with you again next week. Meanwhile, I send you love and blessings. Bye for now.